This podcast sponsored by Prime Super, a leading industry super fund specialising in the health and aged care sector. Go to primesuper.com.au to see what we can do for you. I'm here with uh, Pamela van der Riet from the School of Nursing and Midwifery at the University of Newcastle. Pamela, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Um, firstly, for those who aren't familiar, can you explain the concepts of mindfulness and then mindfulness meditation? Well, thank you. Yes. Look, um, there's many different forms of mindfulness, but meditation is a tool for mindfulness. Um, you know, I mean, prayer could be a, um, a tool for mindfulness, but what we particularly looked at in this paper was um, mindfulness meditation or meditation um, and for nurses and and nursing students um, there are different ty- you know as there are different types of mindfulness there are different types of meditation so essentially what we um, the, some of the different types of meditation you know there's there's um, uh, there's Tibetan meditation, there's Zen, there's the mindfulness-based stress reduction um, meditation. There's also um, uh, Vipassana um, meditation, which has come from you know a Buddhist um, religion, even though it's not really um, religious as such, and that that's specified in the, in the literature. Um, that it actually isn't isn't a religion as such, but it has a background, a history of that. Um, so it is the practice of vipassana is derived from the Eastern culture of Buddhist meditation, and many of them are derived from Eastern cultures. Um, and we were interested in looking at um, meditation um, for nurses, and actually I've been. I've been a meditator for over 40 years before right. it was even quite trendy. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so what, what we, the aim of our paper was to look at the effectiveness of mindfulness um, meditation programs for nurses and nursing students. Mm-hmm. We found, um, well, there was a lot, when we did a search, there was well over 1,700 articles that we found. But of course, we had to... Um, critically appraise those and after a critical appraisal we um, we actually included in our review 16 papers mm-hmm. and of those 16 papers um, there were more quantitative papers there was 12 um, quantitative papers and there were three mixed methods and but only one qualitative um, paper but what we found essentially that there's a very positive impact um, for nurses, um, and uh, in particular, reducing their stress and their anxiety, mm-hmm. um, there were four four out of five of the papers um, uh, indicated that there was stati- statistical evidence of that it reduced um, stress and anxiety. The other big one was depression. Um, five of those studies um, showed statistical um, evidence that it reduced depression, and seven papers. This is an interesting one. Seven papers reducing burnout. Well, this um, is. I was actually going to ask about that. Um, I mean, yeah, because it, you you do specifically mention stress reduction, depression, anxiety, burnout, well-being, and empathy. How do you measure yeah. the last three? How do you measure burnout, well-being, and empathy? Or how did you um, find? Look, there, there were different tools that were used. Um, specifically, some of those tools for burnout. 
Um, let me just have a look at that. I'll just have to refer to the, my, um, my paper for okay. that. But you're right, definitely empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and it, uh, as in empathy was measured and found to be improved among those with uh, less stress and less burnout yes, and better well-being? Yes, Is that what it was? Yes, yes mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and would it, I imagine it would have been some form of a questionnaire or... Um, survey of nurses. They were a lot of them were survey tools. Yeah. Um, and oh, quality of life scale, professional quality of life scale. Mm-hmm. That was the one for bur- professional quality of life scale. That was the one measuring, looking at burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was sorry? What was the other question? One about empathy. I yeah, empathy. E- empathy. Yeah, I guess how do you um, how does one measure that? And I mean, I get the the idea that yeah, if if people are less depressed and anxious and they have better well-being, they're going to be more empathetic towards patients. But how does one, um, how did the literature say that it had found that empathy was higher? But certainly most of them were all, um, were tools. And the one that focused really strongly was the professional quality of life survey. Mm-hmm. Um, that picked up the one, ah, that one also picked up about um, compassion as well. That was also looking at compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. So um, did through through the literature you looked at, if we just maybe move on, mm-hmm. um, was there did something come out on top? Did a tool such as I mean, you mentioned yoga, you mentioned other uh, tools. Did something come out on top and say that this is this was found quite strongly to to help with stress and anxiety and depression in any of these issues? Well, what we did conclude at the end was that um, it does have the potential to build resilience and enhance well-being for, for, nurse, well, for health professionals, not just for nurses. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was certainly um, what we did conclude in our paper. Because of this huge positive impact of reducing stress and anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, reducing depression, reducing burnout, um, you know, giving a sense of well-being, um, and also, you know, Im- improving empathy. Look, I think more needs to be done. Um, we actually are looking, my colleagues and I are looking for uh, an ARC linkage grant. And we're looking for a partner, partner at the moment for that, mm-hmm. to look at um, nurses, um, uh, you know, does it actually improve their empathy? Does it actually um, sort of in- improve their... their um, their view to stay on in nursing because mm-hmm. look, nursing is a very professional. I mean, very stressful. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Of I mean, course. the healthcare is. I mean, look yeah. at all that what's happening at the moment, particularly with violence. It's yeah. Very high incidence of violence in in um, particularly in areas like ED. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is too with mindfulness um, meditation is that it actually does, um, and there, this is what is in some of the literature too. Um, about improving safety because it makes them more attentive, makes them more mindful mm-hmm. of what they're doing. There's a big thing with doctors at the moment. They're, they're pushing mindfulness meditation mm-hmm. for that reason so that there'll be less errors, um, you know, in, 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 um, in medicine and, and, of course, nursing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the big thing for the intention to stay, to keep our nurses in the profession, keep our health professionals and there's some, I think there's a big need for further, further research um, in this area. Um, um, so, yeah, and I mean, we, we, we really enjoyed, I really loved doing, doing this, um, mm. um, doing the lit review. Um, and, I um, mean, if, uh, if, okay, if more research is done and it can be quite, you know, conclusively proven that this does, especially empathy, I mean, obviously for the well-being of the, the mm. workforce, it's massive, but... 
if it makes people better nurses, that's big. So, I mean, theoretically, what practical measures could be implica- uh, implemented in hospitals or like for you in nursing schools to use these methods? I mean, would it be things such as yoga classes kind of put across the board or meditation classes or what, what sort of things can you, did you guys think about theoretically? Yeah, well, look, you could. There's, there's different sort of, what, what we did find in those mindfulness uh, meditation programs, some did have yoga in them. Um, some just had the body scan. It's working out a program that suits would suit a um, you know a, a unit in mm. the hospital. Sorry, what was the body scan? Oh, the body scan is when they actually <clears throat> lie there and um, they scan the body and you start from the top of the body and then you go down um, and relaxing each part of the body. Right. Um, but it's also just making you very aware of your body as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a technique that's taught in, um, in, in yoga, particularly often at the very end of the yoga, and the breath is, is used as well. Um, the technique of breathing um, is used um, as well in that. Um, but it is a yoga technique, yes. Mm-hmm. And was there much in the literature about the cost of potentially implementing some of these things in nursing schools and on a, on a ward? Not, and not really. I mean, it really is not an expensive. Um, you just need a facilitator to teach it, mm-hmm. to teach the technique. Most of the programs were better really run over um, around eight weeks. But look, we did. I did another um program on on mindfulness meditation with nursing students um, this was actually one of our papers that we reviewed and we only had a very we had I think it was a seven week program and there were still really good results I mean our students this was with student nurses and midwives and they came back and they said that they had improved sleep even though many of them didn't attend because they had other commitments but it was a seven week program some of them only went for a couple of weeks but they still had the benefits of that and they still used the technique um, of, of mindfulness meditation mm-hmm. um, at home. And it's just a matter of teaching it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, and they also commented about improving their cognition, you know, their concentration, mm-hmm. learning. Um, so that's another really important one. Mm-hmm. And so you've obviously, you know, been interested in this because of your own personal experience with meditation. But do you also, did you and your colleagues, are you seeing that mental health in health professionals is a problem and an issue that needs to be addressed? Is that the kind of main crux of your of your research? Um, look, the main thing really was, um, I think, is that it does give a sense of well-being. So it could be used for any... I mean, it could be used... Yes, it is being used in mental health. Um, it's being used in a lot of um, um, mental health um, uh, wards these days as well. Um, it's also used for a lot of cancer patients as well because of the stress. Um, people with chronic illness, um, you know, not just not just for healthcare professionals, but also for people with... Um, with chronic illness, it's also being used now in schools. A lot of teachers are teaching, and the, some of the literature recommends, you know, ten minutes at the beginning of the day and ten minutes at the end. I have a stepdaughter who does that. She's a primary school teacher, and she teaches mindfulness meditation in her class and has has a session every morning. Um, and she has it's getting very positive impacts, you know, from kids being able to concentrate, better concentration, particularly with children who have got um, who are very very active minds. Um, the other interesting thing too um, is that 
there are changes. There's a science to meditation. There's evidence that mindfulness meditation can change can cause changes in the structure and function of the brain. You know, there's an increase in the cortical thickness of the prefrontal cortices and the ageing processes. That's the thinning of the of the the, um, the cortex. Um, so it could slow the ageing process down. Um, there's also larger gyrification in with meditators in the brain. You know, they're the folds in the brain. Um, so, um, so what I'm saying is, there's this neuroplasticity. The mm -hmm. um, is a really important um, part of um, an interesting, very interesting part of um, um, meditation that's coming through now in some of some of the literature. Mm -hmm. well, well, look, Pamela, I, I think I've taken loads of your time, and I, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, my my pleasure. Thank you.